on the next sales is king. Elite sellers have mastered this one key trait. The top thought leaders in your profession, in your craft, in your industry, have mastered this one key trait. And it's called adaptability. And today we're going to talk about how we master the art of the pivot, which is key to success moving forward in sales and business today. Next on Sales as King. Yes. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sales is King. Dan Sixsmith, your host, and glad to be with you for yet another episode of the Sales is King podcast. How are you all doing? Let me know, dan.sixsmith at gmail.com. How can I help? Hit me up with questions, issues, challenges, complaints, comments, anything. Um... You've all been very active over the years, and I love that. Continue to be engaged as we look at the game of sales, as we are now starting to come through the pandemic, worried a little bit about what might be happening out there in terms of the Delta variant, but um, going to maintain positivity, and uh, as we always do. So. I wanted to talk today about the art of the pivot. That is the title of today's episode, the art of the pivot. And why do we care? And what the hell does that mean? You're asking, Dan. Um, tell us more, you say. Um, so the art of the pivot. I mean, when we think about business today, when we think about sales and selling, when we think about the economy, um, world events, I mean, the rate of change today is astronomical. We were just talking about, we were with some friends uh, over the weekend, and we were talking about, you know, the old days, uh, pre-cell phone, pre-computer, you know, when people would go home and you'd be out of, t you'd be out of connection, you know? No one would call you at home. You would get a call at home from the office if there was some sort of major issue. But for the most part, you know, when you left the office, you came home and that was it. You know, you saw your family, you flipped on the TV and had dinner and life was relaxed. Right now you're on 24-7, you're plugged in, slacks, texts, emails, social media, it's just insane, right? It's hard to step away. But the good part about that is that the rate of change and the rate of progress just exponentially increases. The things you can do now exponentially increase. The Zoom economy has been a positive, in my opinion, because it has, it has increased and, and advanced the rate of potential sales success, right? 
it may be exhausting doing those 10 to 12 Zoom calls a day, but when you think about it, you're really dramatically increasing the amount of sales calls that you can have in a day versus driving around or flying, getting in a plane, a limo, um, doing all that stuff pre-pandemic, right? And I'm sure we're going to be going back to probably a hybrid of the old times with kind of the newer school. So there is tremendous amount of opportunity and I think uh, a great opportunity for us in sales and for, for us in business to be able to take advantage of this. But the only way we take advantage of these things is that we stay plugged in, right? So that means we're a student of our selling or our business, our company, our industry, whatever our craft is, we must remain a student, always educating ourselves, always reading articles, podcasts, listening to podcasts, listening to thought leaders, um, reading the studies, right? Seeing what your buyers are saying or what your vendors are saying um, and getting a good handle of where things are heading and where they might be going. That's how we stay ahead of the game. That's how we ourselves become thought leaders because many times thought leaders are pulling together information that's already out there and putting their own spin on it, interpreting it or analyzing it in such a way that it becomes their own. And then, you know, you take it to the next level and start to talk about what could be coming down the pike. So, and that to me leads to the art of the pivot, right? Because if we look back on our civilization, it wasn't always the strongest that survived, but it was those that adapted, right? Those that were able to adapt to the changing times were able to survive. And similarly, in business today, in sales today, if we are able to adapt, to pivot successfully, then we will succeed. If we hold on to you know, the old school technology or the old school approach, you know, if we, you know, want to hearken back to the way things used to be and get all sentimental and maudlin about things, um, that's not going to help you. But if we're, a, if we're an adapter, if we learn how to pivot successfully, and pivoting can mean many different things, right? Pivoting can be very kind of high level where you're pivoting perhaps um, your, your career, for example, right? Uh, many of us have had to, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of different economic crashes or um, hardships over the years, have had to pivot their career. So you can have a career pivot, right? You can have a industry pivot, right? You could stay in the same profession, but maybe pivot into a different industry. Um, and then within your industry, within your career, within your occupation, you need to pivot as things change, right? So we talk about sales and selling, right? We've got the internet. We've got um, more sophisticated 
social media. Now we've got buyers who are leveraging getting information without salespeople. Because many of you might not remember, but you know, pre-internet, pre-social media, sellers were the only way you can get information if you were a buyer. There were no websites. There were no, you know, microsites and, and social media where I can go click on and, you know, um, none of that. If I wanted any information about a product, I would have to call up that company and talk to a salesperson. So over the years now, selling has changed, right? Buyers are in control, or so they think. <laughs> um, and buyers are bringing in sellers later into the process. And we have to be, you know, and buyers have changed what they're looking for. And we know that. But that is the pivoting. That's pivoting, right? And if you're in sales today, you need to read and absorb what is going on with buyers, okay? What are they looking for? What don't they like? Why do they choose certain salespeople? Um, what did those sellers do? What are elite sellers doing today? Who are the elite sellers? There are plenty of podcasts out there that interview elite sellers. Um, something we probably want to do a little more of here on the Sales is King podcast. But what strategies are elite sellers doing? Why are they closing, you know, millions of dollars more business than mediocre sellers? Because they have figured out how to pivot. It's not because they're great at, at, at a particular um, task, per se, but their overall cadence, they've figured out how to pivot, how to adjust their game to map, match to what buyers want today. Right? Um, so that's pivoting. I'll give you an example from my own career in terms of a career and industry pivot. Okay? So I spent a long time in the textile slash manufacturing industry. Uh, it was my first job. Now, well, my first job was a paralegal, and I decided not to go down that route, and I'm happy about that. But um, I started in the textile industry, and I had a great run of about 20 years uh, with a number of different companies. Uh, I started in sales and then, um, you know, moved up into management and senior leadership at these organizations. Um, built out a lot of trusted relationships and did really, really well. But... Over the course of time, you may or may not know the story, but there's not a whole heck of a lot of manufacturing slash textile industry stuff going on in the U.S. anymore. Um, the U.S. made a big bet on technology, and rightly so, and put their chips behind technology. And they took the textile and manufacturing businesses and gave those to the um, developing countries right? Um, the Indias. At the time, China, of course, wasn't where it is today. Um, Pakistan and some of these other uh, company, uh, countries, right? So I was about, you know, maybe halfway through my career. Um, 
or maybe a little less, but the writing was on the wall. I mean, we went from selling, you know, having a great time selling um, to a dramatically shrinking pie to a cutthroat um, sales type environment where companies were going out of business left and right. So I had to adapt and I started looking at other industries early on, started to try and connect the dots um, and figure out how the heck to get out of this textile thing. Um, because long-term, it just wasn't going to be there for me. Um, and it might be there in, in a, a mere shell of what it was before. But the opportunities to make money uh, were just not there. The margins were shrinking. Um, the volume was shrinking. The customer base was shrinking. So time to parachute out of there. So how did I do that? Well, um, I did a lot of networking. Um, and, you know, so when I looked at the term networking and uh, thought about networking, it was super intimidating to me. So um, I really, what did I do? And this is something I've done successfully now for a number of decades. I became a student of it. I didn't fully, I, was, I felt intimidated by it. Uh, it was like the thought of calling people up and saying, hey, can you help me get a job? Or hey, can you hire me? Or going to a, a meeting full of strangers and just kind of you know staggering around handing out business cards. It just didn't sound like something I'd be good at or I wanted to do. So I read a lot about networking. Um, there wasn't a lot out there, but I read authors like Harvey McKay. You know, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty is a classic. You could probably still read it today and it would be relevant. Um, Never Eat Alone is a great one I recommend. Keith Ferrazzi. Um, outstanding. You know, and I started to really, you know, put together and understand what networking really is. Um, and how it's kind of a two-way street and how you try to develop relationships and try and connect the dots and try and have people introduce you. Um, but there was also a lot more to it. And I want to do a whole episode. We've done a couple of episodes on networking. And if you're super interested in networking, Travis Chapel, uh, Build Your Network podcast is actually one of the top business podcasts. And we had him on um, a few years back. And I wish I knew these episodes by heart, but um, so check him out, Travis Chapel. He interviews now. He's he's grown his podcast so so greatly now that he's interviewed, um, you know, big time people, uh, Grant Cardone and uh, folks of that nature. Um, so go check him out. But anyway, so one of the things I learned about networking was that you had to be super specific with the people that you were reaching out to. You couldn't just say, hey, I'm trying to get out of the textile industry. Um, can you help me? You know, I had to be specific. I had to, I had to tell them exactly what I was good at, exactly what I wanted to do, what industries I was targeting, what companies, and, who, and whom did I want to meet. Okay? So that was a great eye-opener. Because, you know, for years it was just kind of like, hey, do you know anybody that's hiring? It was really just very rudimentary and completely ineffective. Um, 
So that's just an example. But anyway, um, long story short, did a lot of networking, connected the dots, wound up getting a role at a digital marketing agency at the very early, early days of digital. So it actually turned out great because I was able to learn a new, um, completely different business, uh, ground up learning on digital marketing, working for an agency that had great logos, but leveraging my selling skills and my network to be able to sell effectively. So I did the art of the pivot, I landed at the agency and I helped them grow their business five to tenfold over a five year period, bringing on major logos um, over the course of that engagement. Logos like Casio, Cartier, uh, we also worked with JetBlue, we worked with AOL at the time, we worked with Playboy, we had uh, great, uh, great logos. Sony was a customer. So um, I was able to pivot. And I had to start over, guys. You know, I was making a decent living in the textile industry, a great living, um, and I had to start at square one. But I did it. And I pivoted. And I was able to work my way back up and even exceeded my earnings um, in the digital marketing field. So, and then I did it again uh, a few years later, pivoting into tech. And this is not all about me, but what I'm trying to say is pivoting is the key. Adaptability is the key. Think about it even more granular, right? You're in a meeting and you think you're going to do and talk about ABC widget, right? But then suddenly they ask about something else. Someone else shows up that you're not planning to, to, to see, who's throwing some banana peels in the road, right? Um, heard a couple of negative things about your company. So you have to pivot there, right? Pivot from the script and now improvise. Start talking about what's important to the prospect or this senior executive that showed up out of nowhere. Pivot. You're ready. You see, I've always taught over the years, and I've always said to myself, always be ready for the unexpected. In every single call, whether it's internal or external, be ready for the unexpected. Because the last thing you want to do is be standing there with the deer in the headlights, I have no idea what you're talking about, and it's game over. Your credibility is shot. So we've got to be ready, expect the unexpected. What will I do if they say this, or be ready for something that I'm just not, you know. So in other words, be prepared for everything. We learned last week or the week before that senior executives are showing up uh, more frequently by, by a large percentage, and that sometimes they just show up unannounced. So, you know, when you're getting ready for your call, make sure you're ready for a senior executive. And prepare for a senior executive. Because if they show up, that's great news for you. You can advance the deal. If you're not ready, that's horrible news for you. Because it's game over. And you come across as amateur hour. And we don't want that. So, um, talking about pivoting within a conversation, within a meeting, 
there's also the pivoting in the deal cycle, right? We're going along, we're working with our champion, and he vanishes. Doesn't return emails, we find out he's gone, left the company. What now? (laughs) What now? Are we multi-threaded? Do we have other connections within the company? Do I know uh, that person's boss? Or have others been involved in this deal cycle with me? So again, I need to pivot. I need to adapt. I need to change, right? Um, You know, so, so there's just so many examples of being able to pivot. Your one largest customer pulls the plug, calls you up and says, hey, we're gone. We decided to take our business to your competitor, ABC company. So sorry. Okay, wow. What happens then? Big hole in your pipeline. Big hole in your checkbook. Were you ready for that? Well, I contend you should be ready because you should be so close to your customers and so close to your business that you're not going to be surprised by that. Now you're scrambling, okay? But once again, it's time to pivot, okay? We got to move fast. We've got to find other customers. We've got to bring our pipeline forward quicker. We've got to prospect more, right? Crying in our Wheaties is not going to solve our problem. Excuse making is not going to solve our problem. Taking action is going to solve our problem. Expecting everything to go right is, is a bad approach, guys and, and gals. Um, it's a bad approach because things don't go right all the time. If they do, God bless you. Keep things going. But we're here to solve problems. Good sellers solve problems. So we want problems. Show me a problem. I'll solve it. Right? Go to your prospect. We want problems. Because problems mean solution gets sold, money exchanges, we get commissions, we're happy. Our family goes on vacation, right? Um, So that's the key. So let's not say, oh my God, there's a problem. There's going to be problems, man. We got to solve them. Okay? The, the, The top executives, the top billionaires in this company found problems and solved them. And in order to grow their company, grow their wealth, they solved problems. And many of them have gotten kicked in the face multiple times, lost all their money, lost everything they've ever had, and they came back and figured it out. So we have to never get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. We've got to be ready to pivot. So that's it for today. Um, It was just top of mind for me because, you know, I've just been thinking about things a little bit and um, starting to figure out, you know, how the sales game is going to change, how business is going to change as we head into the fall, um, how this kind of hybrid selling environment uh, is going to uh, unfold, but you know, really just thinking how important it is um, for us to adapt and to be out there ahead of things, to be students of our craft. There's, it's just there's no excuse today to not be. First of all, you have to be an expert in your own solution. That's like a thousand percent given, right? But there's no excuse today 
to not be a student of your industry, right? Of your of of the of the ecosystem that you're in, right? Whether it be marketing and sales, whether it be accounting, you know, whatever it is, um, you've got to be a student and expert. You've got to understand your customer's customer. You've got to know all this stuff, right? Um, so there's no excuse to not be an expert, um, to have that credibility, to have subject matter expertise, right? Many of us in B2B today, we, we, we follow a deal all the way to the end, and then we head into procurement, and we feel like, okay, we got a deal, and you know we're off to the races. But procurement, man, and all this stuff can be uh, literally... Uh, an an unending process. So we can't stop there. You know, I listened to a couple of podcasts and some folks were telling, you know, the the audience that they're starting to become experts. They're trying to become experts in procurement. They're reading articles. They're listening to podcasts. I think that's a great idea. And that's something I'm going to do because we just don't know. Now, it varies from company to company. Right. New vendor setup can take a couple of weeks at one company and it can take potentially a year or more at another company. So, you know, this is something we need to get familiar with. We need to figure out ways around it, how to adapt and pivot, etc. So that's it for today, guys. Um, You know, let's think this thing through. Let's think about how business is changing. Let's stay close to what's happening with our customers in our industry in our profession. Let's figure out where it's going. Um, You know, let's put ourselves out there as experts, um, as thought leaders, and let's continue to master the art of the pivot. Let's continue to adapt in order to succeed. Peace. (laughs) 